Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. Yeah, just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking in specific about Magic the Gathering and their client, Magic the Gathering Arena. And I guess a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I guess we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but before we get to Dungeons and Dragons, we do have the final fantasy. Woo. The finalist it's of the fantasies. It's the final fantasy. The Strixhaven <laughs> League weekend number three was this last weekend. And so we're going to talk a bit about that and uh, how that affected our fantasy magic pro fantasy league uh, games. Because this is, this is it. The, we sh- we should, Allegedly. Uh, we should know a winner by the end of this episode. Uh, but first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. I've brought a beer from Great Lakes, which is a brewery from around here that uh, I respect a lot. They don't usually make bad beers, so I'm excited about this. It's called Tango, and it's a tart wheat ale. I know how much you like wheats, so I brought this just Perfect. for you, bud. And it's a 4.3%. What have you got? I have uh, Beer de Mars. Mars? Uh-huh. I, Mars. Mars, probably. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That are. Yeah, some, some uh, possibly French Mars. name. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, from Salter Street uh, here in Toronto. It's a Belgian dry hopped amber, I believe. Uh, but it kind of has like a, it feels like a brown a little bit. And it's uh, 6%. There we go. I'm excited to try that, too. Absolutely. Let's get to it. But first, magic news. Woohoo! Finally, we have D&D Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. The previews have started. It actually finished by this point. Uh, And we get to play it this week. Yeah. Uh, So we're recording this on Tuesday the 6th. So uh, all the previews have finally been out. Um. Feels good. One week of previews. I love it. Listeners, you should be listening to this while playing it. Yes, exactly. Um, this will be out. You should be drafting right now, probably. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, it's just very exciting. I'm excited to talk about the other cards. Um, but before we get there, uh, we had an event this last week, which was the Mirror Mirror event. Uh, basically taking some old busted cards and trying to make them fair. Things like Oko, Uro... Um, a Field of the Dead, things like that, and having a little event uh, where they tweaked them slightly to see if they'd be a little bit better. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about this? Yes, this is a big deal because people are wondering, oh, is Magic going to adopt the philosophy that some other you know, digital card games have brought on, which is to nerf cards? Uh, and maybe, hey, it's historic, it's arena only, and uh, you were mentioning that Mirror Mirror is best of one. Uh, so maybe they're only looking at best of one, which is an arena-only format, which yeah. would make a lot of sense, right? So let's nerf these cards only for the arena format. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a surprise. I don't think anyone knew it was going to be best of one when we started playing. But then when it showed up, I think you got like 500 gold for getting one win, and that was it. Like you could get right. your, your gold and go. Um, and uh, it was just best of one, which felt very like, mwah, mwah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't really But have... it makes sense, right? Yeah. Sense. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's stick it to Arena as much as possible. Exactly. So if they are doing what you said, and if we, I think that's the best way. If they do decide they're going to nerf cards or change them so that Arena has a different version than paper, 
Might as well make them best of one only because you're never going to play best of one in paper. That seems like a really good way of bringing those cards back. So um, if they do that, I don't know. We'll see. I don't really play best of one that much. Do you? (laughs) Exactly. My main concern, though, is that, like, I've played all these other games. Like, every time a new digital card game's out, I give it a try, and then I go right back to Magic. Mm -hmm. That's my true love. Um, But all these other digital card games that boast this ability to nerf things, you know, which Magic can't really do up till Mm -hmm. now. Well, the reality is that they nerf them so much that they're unplayable. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that different than banning the card. Like, That's true. They, they nerf it. So if you're just someone who really, really loves this card and will play it no matter what, you're the person who's making the difference between a nerf and a ban. Because it's so hard to find that perfect balance where the card is just really fun. And a lot of the problem is in the actual design of the card and tweaking the numbers isn't going to make it fun. Mm-hmm. So they just nerf the crap out of it. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, just from looking at the designs of these Mirror Mirror cards, that's kind of what they did. They just made them bad. Yeah. And it's or just like, like, okay. Yeah. Add one uh, pip of mana that they have to pay for or change a thing or whatever. Like, like look at Wilderness Reclamation, you know? It untaps yeah. two lands. It's like, well, now it's really Useless. bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I hated Wilderness Reclamation. But I think Wilderness Reclamation is a hard card you're going to hate if it's good, and you're not going to care about if it's bad. So mm-hmm. the, the difference between banning it and making this nerf, to me, is, is not really there. It's not existent. So I don't think it matters that much if they make this decision. But uh, the reality is there might be some players who just love the card and want to play with it. Yeah. And, so maybe a nerf is slightly better than a ban. Totally. I mean, also, like, um, arena aside, but, like, just having banned cards can be kind of fun. Because if you own a banned card uh, as a casual, you won't always know if you're, like, literally just in paper. Because the big problem is, like, oh, they're worried that if you nerf a card on arena, then the paper players won't know that it was nerfed and blah, blah, blah. But, like, it can be fun to have, like, your Grizzle brand or whatever. And you're like, sick. Uh, I can't sure. play this in Commander, but... Uh, maybe my play group lets me do that or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, and an, exactly. Maybe owning a if band you're playing card. kitchen table magic yeah. or with a specific commander group, you can say, hey, can I use the arena version of this card? And maybe they'll... That'd be kind of cool. That, you know? And you just yeah. print it out? Yeah. So uh, think about those things. We'll see. Um, we don't know for sure if this is actually going to happen, but I'm pretty optimistic. Like, I don't think it's really going to be crazy if they do. Um, I think they're very sure. cautious with what, how this is going. Uh, but uh, other news... Another video game that has things to do with magic, Magic Legends. Do you remember this, yeah. Jeff? Do you remember this game? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this last year, uh, Magic Legends, it came out like a couple months ago. Like, it must have been In like... In beta, before. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, Magic Legends is kind of like a Diablo clone. You're just going around with your character and you're leveling them up and you're, I don't know, fighting, going through dungeons kind of. And uh, it was in open beta. People were saying how much they just didn't really like it that much. And uh, Wizards was like, you know what? Great. And they pulled the plug. Fuck it then. Fuck it. it. Uh, I have to say, I think it's a little harsh to call it a Diablo clone. Okay. But, uh, well, yeah. it, it, it's that style of game. I don't know. A lot of people were... I didn't play it, so a lot of people oh, were... Oh, no. I meant it was offensive to Diablo. Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, so anyways, that is gone now. They're not putting any more resources into it. And you can play it up until October or something. And then it's just going to be gone. Uh, but 
And and everyone was refunded all the money they put into it. So that's always yeah. good. Um, Except Wizards. <laughs> yeah, that Wizards gave back some money. That's good. Uh, but it does beg to ask the question, what are other multimedia things that Wizards is working on that might get the axe? Like, are, are we getting that Netflix Don't series? you dare. Don't you dare. We're the, still getting it. I don't know that it doesn't. It's been a really long time. They've been talking about this Netflix thing, and I don't yeah, know if that's going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, especially if they're like you know trimming the fat. They're like, we're not going to make any money off of these things. Let's keep making commander Why cards. Do we keep doing auxiliary things. <laughs> yeah. Magic is the yeah. It's the money maker. So I don't know. That might be the next one to go. I was originally hoping that the money was going to, or the the team and whatever, all the people, the resources that were going to that game are now going to go into Arena. However. Today, we just got some breaking news. We know where they're going. <laughs> where is that money going, Jeff? To the Magic World Championships. Mm. Uh, which, you know, it's that money they previously pulled right out. They're, uh, they're shooting it back in, I guess. Yeah, basically. So they just announced uh, within the last couple of hours that uh, every person attending Worlds who gets to go to Worlds, all 16 players, will get uh, $50,000 as a like appearance fee. Which is great, because yeah, so, all that money combined is the money that they took away. Well, not quite. It's okay, so for you guys who aren't mathematicians out there, oh, okay. there are 16 players times 50,000 makes 800,000. And they took out 750,000. So they're actually putting in a little bit more to apologize for their uh, transgression. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it is. that's just really good news. We're happy to see it. Yeah, it is funny that they announced it right after uh, the league weekend instead of before. But in any case, it, it's great. They did listen to the community and they did. Yeah, people like obviously I feel for people who, you know, worked so hard to get there and then got deflated by the money being pulled out mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe didn't try as hard or whatever. But ultimately, this is a good thing and you can't really frame it otherwise. Wizards listened to the plight of the players mm -hmm. that qualified for this and put the money back in. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure uh, Stanislav Sivka, Andrei Strasky, Ivan Flock, and Ely Kassis, and some other players, possibly, that are not named, mm -hmm. uh, they got together, wrote a letter, sent it to Wizards, yeah. posted it on Twitter. Everyone got to read it. I think it was well written. and They um, wrote it to the CEO, I believe. Right. Of Hasbro. Of Hasbro. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, well, seemingly well received and... I'm just, it's good. Today's a good day for that. Uh, yeah. We're happy with that. That's uh, awesome. Very, very good. Uh, so going from that, we're going to go straight into the league weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. For our fantasy, this is this is it, Jeff. Someone's winning the this, weird 2-4 right now. This is for all of the, not all the marbles, but all of the beers, I guess. All the beers. 24 <laughs> weird beers. Weirdly curated. Yeah. Strangely, whatever. Um... So, last week we didn't have an episode. Um, apologies for anyone who didn't know. Uh, we had some crazy weeks, but actually Jeff and I both got our second vaccine, so we're becoming superhumans now. Um, yeah, I, I'm the reason we did not uh, record is because I was dead to the world after my second shot. Yeah, like, luckily I... Recording day. But. Yeah, I wasn't completely gone. Uh, but then there's also like a holiday and some other things going on, so it was... Uh, we just... It didn't end up working out. So we came up with this really fun way to draft, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff, do you want to explain what we did, how we made our teams this time? Sure. So we both selected uh, six players. You know, we normally select three players from the MPL. This time we both selected six in an order that we would 
like to have them on our team. And then we normally select four Rivals players. We selected eight this time. And then uh, we just posted our team lists on our shared Google document. And we decided we're going to flip a coin, and we're just going to auto-draft in that order according to our lists, and those will be our teams. And we decided we were going to flip the coin after the weekend happened, so you didn't even know who to root for. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although, the funny thing that occurred is that it doesn't matter. We have the same team whether you win the flip or I win the flip. Yes. So our lists were so different uh, that... <laughs> If I if I won the flip, my team would be exactly the same if, if I lost. So right. we ended up. So, never... I think we should still flip the ceremonial. Do you want to flip the? To, I, I have we just to flip. know who would have won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Perfect. If it um, had mattered, but all right. So here's I got the toonie. Uh, as always, um, I, I mean we can't have a draft weekend where we don't flip the ceremonial toonie. I think that's. I guess you are right. Yes. All right. So let's flip just to make sure we know what's going on. Uh, Jeff, call it in the air as always. Yep. Tails never fails. It's Tails. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All I right. will select Gabrielle Nassif. Perfect. I will select Seth Manfield. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you sure? You know he only got four points, right? I, uh, yes, but that's who I wanted to pick first. Martin um, Yuza. Uh, yeah, uh, so you pick Martin Yuza. After that, I pick Reed Duke. And my third selection would have been Reed Duke, but because you selected him ahead of me, I chose Ken Yukihira. And mine would have been uh, Gab Nassif, but since you picked him, I have Ray Sato. Then into the rivals, uh, I get to pick first with this one because I lost the coin. Correct. Coin. So I pick LSV. <laughs> yeah, I picked Matt Sperling. And then I would have picked Matt Sperling, but you just took him. So I'm going to take Riku Kumagai. And I would have picked LSV, so I chose LSV. Sorry, Luis Salvato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I took Austin Bursevich. Grigorsh Kowalski. Yuta Takahashi. And Ivan Flock. And I had Yuta Takahashi next, and I was debating this. And it wouldn't mattered if I put these in the other order. Um, but I put Ivan Flock first, and Yuta Takahashi next, so I chose Ivan Flock. That's actually funny because I almost had Yuta down at my sixth player, but I put him ah. up to five. I don't know. Um, maybe I was drunk when I made this list because I, I should have had Yuta much higher because I love Yuta. I, I was Yuta. also kind of drunk when I made the list. So there you go. Perfect. That's <laughs> well, why it was on Canada days. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't put Gab first. So anyway, um, we may be getting a little ahead of ourselves as we just told you our entire teams. Um, but the Strixhaven League weekend, as always, uh, was uh, all that remaining MPL and Rivals players doing a split format of uh, Standard and Historic with their pods that they they switch up the pods uh, four different times throughout the weekend. Um, and Jeff and I have been tied to try to see who's going to win this 2-4. We've been doing this for a long time, man. The first one, yeah. we started in November, so yeah. we're finally here. Uh, I feel like I blasted off to an early lead and you fight your way back. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy ride. Um, and yeah, through this are. last weekend, um, there were some really big things that happened, but uh, officially the people that locked up their world spots and got $50,000 as of today. Hooray. Um, <laughs> so in the MPL, the final two people to enter worlds are Gabriel Nassif and Seth Manfield. Both very deserving. And then Jeff, do you want to say who came from the rivals? Yes, out of the rivals, we have Matt Sperling and, this might be a spoiler for later, Yuta Takahashi. Hey! <laughs> uh, so that means now, officially, 
ha- we have half the players who are going to be in Worlds right now. Uh, eight okay. out of 16. So Stanislav Sivka, Ely Cassis, Paolo Vitor, Dama Rosa, Seth Manfield, Gabriel Nassif, Matt Sperling, Andre Strasky, and Yuta Takahashi. Just got $50,000 richer. Boom. And more, for sure. Um, no way, Paolo made it? When was that? Feels like a million years ago. It was only like the la- the second one. <laughs> he wasn't even the first one. That's right, he wasn't even the first one. Yeah. Sorry, um, Andre made it? When was yeah, that? Yeah, there you go, there you go. Andre's the one. Uh, but yeah, so that is wonderful. We have finally completed our uh, that season. Going to our numbers. So, for our fantasy teams, we're like neck and neck through our players. So my MPL team did better than yours, and your rivals team did better than mine. Yes, uh, specifically because of Yuta Takahashi, who is the last pick, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's quite... <laughs> quite important that that had happened i think i played i picked the player of the event in gab nasif yeah going an unbelievable 10 wins and i picked one of the worst players seth manfield who still got to worlds but only made yeah he was so far ahead so um going into our meta percentages the standard doesn't really matter because we picked exactly the same which was soul tomato manai adventures for um meta percentage and top performing deck uh, kind of running it back. I, this whole thing, I was just running everything back to the uh, the championship. Felt like nothing's changed. The, yeah, we're about I tried to, to get, get fancy set. that I thought people would be afraid of bringing Is It Phoenix because Aura's dunks on it. But Yeah, so then uh, in Historic, um, I picked Is It Phoenix again to be the uh, meta percentage, the highest meta percentage, and uh, the top performing Historic deck I thought was going to be Just Guy Control. And then, Jeff, what you, you picked a really great deck, I think. No, I picked Azorius Auras for both. For both percentage and performance. Because I think it is actually probably among the top decks. And I think it really beats the crap out of some of the decks people were playing. Um, but I kind of underestimated the fact that uh, it does require a lot of specific knowledge of playing the deck. And so people might not gravitate towards it because they'll be more comfortable playing something that's a little more what they're used to. Yeah. Like, you need a lot of practice with Azorius Auras in different matchups to know what to what, do. What to do and which yeah. ones to go for. And Yeah. Um, so, the meta percentage, the highest meta percentage in Historic was Is It Phoenix. So, I got four more points. Uh, so, now we're really close. Right now... So, I was two points ahead coming into the meta stuff yes because my mpl team beat yours by seven and your rivals team beat mine by five so i was two points ahead and then you got this four nothing uh meta percentage historic to jump the lead mm-hmm. now zach's up by two going into top performing historic deck. yeah so i have 48 jeff has 46 now we're looking it all comes down to azorius Ores and jeskai controls performance in the tournament because remember, this is a two-point category. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Just Guy Control had three pilots, Seth Manfield, wah, wah, Chris Botello, and Ma Noah. Who did well, to be fair. Who did well. And Azoriosaurus had four pilots, Martin Musa, who did well, Kenji Igashera, who broke even, Christian Hauk, who broke even, and Gorsh Kowalski, who did well. So, Azoriosaurus beats... Just got control. <laughs> and now Jeff gets two more points, and the score is 48 to 48. I swear this was, like, not set up. It, I was, when we were counting all the points, I was 
like freaking out, being like, I thought there was no way I was going to win. I guess there's no way I'm going to win, but I just like tied. You were actually ahead. I was. I, I was like, oh, wait, no, I have a shot. I think it comes down to this last thing. And then. How could it be a tie? That is so unlikely. We've we never totally different teams. Yeah, we've never had a problem at, ever with this. <laughs> I don't know how we tied. How do you tie on the last one? It's unbelievable. It really sounds like it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it kind of people is, aren't aren't even gonna believe us. Like we no. set this up and like no, legitimately. Well, it's also <laughs> I was drunk. I didn't even really care. I sent this list in. The other thing is that like be, because all the stuff with worlds was happening and all that, or yeah, just like players being frustrated, or whatever, and like knowing that we can't. There's no more league weekends. That's the last league weekend ever. I was kind yeah. of like, yeah, we we should kind of be finished with this we'll be done there we go we can say goodbye we'll, we'll yeah. finish it and now we have a tie and we have to keep doing this until we you know what we gotta do what do we gotta do we gotta bet on the one million and fifty thousand dollar tournament <laughs> okay all right that sounds good all right so then we'll skip the gauntlets because i mean does anyone yeah, really care yeah um <laughs> all right how do wait wait we haven't talked about this before but how do we want to do worlds Let's just work. I mean, we have some time to think about it. We do. Uh, I think my initial one uh, thought is just split it in half. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I think every player should be so, on someone's team. So we There's get only sixteen players. Yeah, so we get each each team has eight players. And then and then like screw the meta stuff. We'll just, just have a team of eight. Perfect. I think. I'm glad we figured that out. Because we normally have teams of seven. This time we have a team of eight. Awesome. All right. Perfect. And we, now we know people aren't bringing sixty land decks. So yeah, people will actually be trying. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be good. Perfect. Although, do they have that incentive? They already get the 50 grand no matter what. <laughs> uh, I mean, you... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess first place is an additional 70, so... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yes. I, I, I def People were definitely bring decks, I think, to Worlds. No, that's going to be... I think this is how it should be, that the World Championships decides not only who gets the $70,000... But more importantly, who gets the weird 2-4? Yes. Uh, well, actually, we should send a letter to Wizards saying, hey, this is the most important. Just so you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you should, you know, advertise it that way. Cause yeah, like, I think we should be on their broadcast. They'll, they'll have more people wondering what's going on with us than, than uh, right. with Paolo. And, and, like, maybe they can submit their least favorite beers or their most favorite beers. Yeah. And, uh, Actually, the 16 of the beers come from the players. They get to choose one of the beers. That's right. Yeah. The six, they should choose it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have, we're on to something. I think this is good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh That's my just god! Unbelievable! Uh, unbelievable! Message me is like I think we tied. I was like that is so unlikely. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, but uh, <laughs> no. Nah, but this is as it should be. Yeah, I guess. Um, sick. So now we're like the tied. What like tied four point five to four point five? Four and a half to four and a half. Uh. <laughs> I can't oh, sorry. Okay, we'll get over this. It's not. Um, <laughs> No one else thinks it's as cool as we do. No, of course not. I don't understand the like randomness that went into this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to come out with the exact same number of points. Initially, we wanted to like flip the coin on on screen and then just count up the points so it could be live. Um, but yeah. our we just, we realized the coin flip didn't, didn't matter. matter at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <sighs> crazy. Crazy. Um, 
let's just i want to talk about forgotten realms uh i'm not finished with this beer yet but i'm ready to get into that because no no of course that's the main topic yeah absolutely. let us adventure into the forgotten oh realms. snap look at that look at that all right um before we start everything dungeons and dragons yeah do you have experience with does anyone, does anyone, I'm asking everybody, <laughs> hey, do you know Dungeons and Dragons? Um, Just uh, respond. Yeah. Uh-huh. Email me if you do. Uh, it's like an American Idol and they have to like text me and stuff. Anyway. Please yell into your headphones mm-hmm. if you have any experience with, with Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but Jeff, do you have any experience with Dungeons and Dragons? Is this something that you've been excited for? Yeah. Uh, very little. I've never actually played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the you know, tabletop game, but I have played, I, I do really like RPGs and in particular the like party based, uh, old RPGs that, you know, like I played them as a kid on my computer and stuff like Baldur's Gate. So I've played D and games that were inspired by D and D and I have some close friends that really love D and D, but I've never actually played D and D myself. How about you? Um, I was interested in it when I was a kid. And um, didn't really actually play. Read some stuff and kind of liked it, but it died away. And then um, I did play one campaign, um, not completely all the way through, but however, it was like a Zelda variant. So Mm -hmm. some of the things that we would run into were a little different, and my character wasn't like a classic D&D character. Um, I was a Goron, which I guess would kind of be like a dwarf. Love it. Um, (laughs) But actually playing Breath of the Wild right now. So. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> can appreciate the Zelda atmosphere. Yeah, but like the settings and like the uh, a lot of all the spells were basically the same. I was like a cleric, so I, I had that stuff. So I, you know, I, I have a little bit of knowledge of it, but I'm not deep deep into it. But the same thing, the video games. I, I'm familiar with a lot of the creatures and monsters and uh, leveling up and stuff and some of the the, the things. So um, first of all, I wasn't really excited for this set to come out. Um, mm-hmm. Just because my specific connection with D and D isn't super strong, um, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this will be interesting." Not a standard set that's not really for me, which is like, right. "All right, well, let's let's give it a shot." Yeah, I think I was in this on the same page. Like, yeah. I, uh, I mean, like I felt that Magic had already borrowed so many tropes from D and D that uh, the set was just going to be a love letter to D and D fans. Mm-hmm. So. I wouldn't pick up on the extra things that they were doing yeah. uh, because, you know, a lot of the stuff is already in Magic. It's already a fantasy game that is owned by the same company. That has elves and dwarves and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, but I mean, I, after seeing like all the spoilers, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, honestly. I'm excited. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Um, I was feeling, like I just said, a little shaky, but um, I mean... I'm always, <laughs> like I always say, it always seems to be like, oh, this is going to be so stupid. It's like a Harry Potter set. Blah. I'm not really excited for this. And then I see the cards. Right. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be awesome. And then D&D. Okay, I mean, well, we were excited for call time, though. You gotta we were really stoked for yeah. call time. And then playing it, I wasn't, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> like actually. The limited format. Call time is still a sweet set. Yeah, call time is a really stuff, sweet set. But yeah. Um, but, uh but yeah, so it's been it's been really fun to to be looking through this and, and seeing um, other friends that I know who are really into D and D kind of getting super excited about all these cards or these characters that I've never heard of, and it all just right. seems like 
it's it's nice to every once in a while kind of be at the bottom of the barrel as far as like the knowledge goes for something and be like oh i can just there's so much to learn this is really exciting and it really does overall feel like a love letter you know mm-hmm. like the the designers who made this have a passion for D and i think that's that's clear yeah absolutely like i don't know how many designers they brought in that are actually from the D team over at wizards like i don't know the specifics of that obviously but it seems clear to me that who, the people who made these cards just love D and D. Yeah, and and they're obviously very familiar with it and all the characters and the spells and like whatever I do know about D and D is appearing. Yeah, like I've seen it in the in the cards or things that I didn't realize were specifically from D and D that I saw in something else. Um, I was like, oh, I know the gelatinous cube or something, right? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen this before or something like it, and um, it's just. It's just nice. So for those who haven't seen the spoilers, what are you doing if you haven't seen yeah. the spoilers? Well, where are you? <laughs> well, okay, yeah. before we get to that, I just want to say it has been really nice because the spoiler season has only been one week long. And yes, yes. I have been <laughs> loving Okay, it's a little more than a week, but I've been loving it. It's been so nice to just... I feel like Zach loved spoiler season. Then we started doing this podcast where you have to keep up with stuff like that. And he just hates spoilers now. No, I don't think I ever liked spoilers before. It was like way, I was like, ah, oh, way too early. But now it's like, if it's just a week before we played on Arena, beautiful. I'm not sick of it I was yet. trying to make a joke that before we started the podcast, spoilers were like a little more reasonable, and now they're, they're like oh. months in advance. But, uh, but no, yeah. that's not the case at all. <laughs> isn't it? Like, isn't it re- fairly recent that cards would get leaked like while the, a week after the previous set? Or has that well, always been going on? Maybe and leaked. We just didn't notice. But, like, the, yeah, that some of that stuff is kind of weird. But the. Uh, Remember, we got the commands and then we got, like, some random D&D characters, like, a week right. after Strixhaven release. Okay, no, that did happen, yeah. You're reminding me of all the bad parts about spoilers. I was supposed to be happy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was just trying to explain my joke. Got it. And every time you do that, you enter this wormhole that oh, makes oh, things worse. So. Okay, no, you're right, you're right. Whenever they just decide they're going to show the BioBox promo, the, yeah, the yeah. day that you can buy Strixhaven cards in paper for the first time, it just Doesn't really make any sense to me. pisses me off. <laughs> but maybe I just don't remember them doing that because I didn't have a podcast at the time. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, but anyway... There is something cool that they're doing with these cards. There are just a fuck ton of ability words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I think it was? They looked at Strixhaven. They did some market research. And they're like, you know what the problem is? Not enough words. <laughs> so they decided to just add flavor words just ahead of all of the text. I, hey, so um, <laughs> there were a lot of words on Strixhaven cards that people didn't really read. So might as well just put some words on there that just people don't a need few to more read. In there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not saying that they don't add something. I do think they're really fun, and it's. I actually it's, do think they're cool. It is. Yeah. It is cool to, um, like, some of the cards are. There's there's a whole section of cards that like tell you um, an encounter essentially, uh, that right. actually seem for the you most. You happen seem, upon a glade. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have like two different choices, uh, and you get to pick them. But those choices are named, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, one. Yeah. One of the ones that I think is uh, pretty interesting is just like um, you see a guard approach, classic, right? Right. Uh, and then there's two different ones. You can either choose to distract the guard, which taps a creature, or you can hide, which gives a creature hexproof. 
I think it's awesome. It's right? awesome. It, it's it feels so D and D to it's, me. It, and it, like the limited D and D I've played, I was immediately thrown back to sitting at the table with my friends and being like, oh. Oh yeah, we have to. What are you gonna do? And you have to figure it's like, it out. Oh, guards approaching. I have an infinitude of options. Yeah, quick before yeah. you have yeah. a couple more. You know, just let figure the something. DM out. is silently counting in his head. What am I? Gonna He's do? like, oh, it took too long. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you. all dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would DM. No mercy. <laughs> Your party would really love you. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well. They would learn quickly. That's all I'm going to say. I'm their third character. <laughs> they would approach things very cautiously because that would set some fucking deadly traps. Yeah, that that makes for a really fun experience, just so you know. <laughs> for me, yeah. I had uh, my friend, when I was first trying to play D&D, would do stuff like that, where he's like, you're in a room. I'm like, cool. Is there something about it? And he just would be I like, touched the wall. Ooh, you're Ooh, dead. Ooh, nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, pack of Wolves comes out. Seven of them. You're alone without a sword. You die. And I'm like, okay, great. Can um, I at least enter combat? It's like, sure. Sure. Whatever. Uh, oh, they rolled a 20. So maybe that put me off to D&D a little early being like, oh, okay, so this person might have too much power. And I'm also learning, never play D&D with Jeff as the DM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, if you play with me, just be cautious. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about every fucking thing that I come that's across. Right. That, that sounds horrible. It sounds so boring. <laughs> I don't know. I've never played. Sounds great. Yeah, maybe for like five minutes. Only the best can survive my campaign. <laughs> you can't just be like... But that's the funny thing about D&D. You aren't like the best at D&D. Is there a person... You can't be like... No, I am. That's what you're not understanding. All right. <laughs> There's no getting through to you. Don't don't no, play. I know you're saying that. Don't play D and D with Jeff. <laughs> it's like there's no reason to cheat, right? <laughs> yeah. So what are you? Okay. You're really lying about what you rolled, man. <laughs> like it's different if I don't know if I'm gonna keep any of this stuff, but <laughs> it's it's different if like the DM is like you know fudging things to like help the story move, or like yeah the. the because they're sure. the only one who rolls, and they're the one that no one can see their dice. Um, everyone else, you can see their dice when you roll it. Uh, so no one. Well, can... not if you're playing online, though, virtually. Oh, that's true. All right, well, Jeff, uh, I do want to talk about some of the mechanics of the set, but first, I think I need to grab another beer. So let's go to a beer break. I want to talk break. about some specific cards. So let's grab that beer <laughs> and let's get. To it. Okay, perfect. We could do both of those things. That sounds good. Oh, okay. All right, Tango, Wango Tango. Just kidding, it's just called Tango. It's a tart wheat. Uh, Bière de Mars. Yeah. Although it's not spelled like a, the French way of spelling of beer. Yeah, so. I know. I still, I don't know. It feels like a German spelling of beer or something. So actually, yeah, this beer, um, it kind of reminds me of some of the cards from the set because I don't know how to say them. <laughs> it's just <That's> right. <laughs> some, some of the words. Well. It's kind of dawning on me when I just said it's like a French name, but beer is spelled in German. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's intentional. Like it's a Bière de Marx, but with a, some sort of German influence. Maybe. I could kind of see that. Maybe that is what they're doing. Let's go with that. I think that sounds good. We'll, sure. We'll go yeah. with that one. Perfect. All right. Um, getting into Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Oh, uh, is that what we're going to say every time for this set now? Or are we just saying yeah. a AFR? 
Well, so I wasn't going to bring this up, but I have a little bit of a problem with AFR. Okay. Do you know the Nicki Minaj song Anaconda? Yes. Okay. So somebody released a YouTube edit of that song where it's just that video and they replaced the whole song with fart noises. Okay. It's called the Anaconda Fart Remix. (laughs) (laughs) And my friends loved it. I thought it was stupid. Mm -hmm. But every time my friends came over, they're like, couldn't you put on AFR, bro? Like, put on AFR. And so when this set came out and it was AFR, I just can't think of anything other than Nicki Minaj's butt and a fart. <laughs> Share right. that with all of you. Don't look it up. Oh, don't. Look. That will, all right. So that maybe, will now be you. But uh, yeah, maybe we won't call it then. We'll yeah. call it uh, Forgotten Realms, I guess. Um, Forgotten Realms is okay with me. Yeah, it wor- I think it works all right. Or just D and D set, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny that this doesn't have a... Well, it has a name, but it, it's kind of... it's, You know, the last one was Strixhaven School of Mages, but everyone just said Strixhaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, D&D colon Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. Exactly. It's a, it's a mouthful. Um, but anyway, so we have um, some things going on in the set. I want to get to the mechanics, yeah. but uh, probably the first thing we should get to, obviously, is Dungeons good starting point i I think so (laughs) they just gave it to us right there um jeff what what is this what what all right so essentially this is uh as far as i can tell it's just like a triggered ability that does something different uh depending on how many times you've done it Mm -hmm. and the first one you get to choose what that path is so uh, if they were to write this on a card, it'd be very complicated, but they could ostensibly fit it on a card. Like, mm-hmm. the first time you do this, choose this. The next time, choose one of these this three or things. This, yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, I actually think it's really cool. So they, they have three dungeons you can choose from, and the first time you venture into it, you get the level one ability. It'll write, you know, scry one, for example, mm-hmm. as the first time you enter. And then any subsequent time you venture into a dungeon, you go further into the dungeon... And you have a choice. It's kind of like a flow chart. You get to choose which way to go. And you get an option of abilities. But each choice you make uh, affects your options down the line. So, yeah, I think it's just really cool. Uh, do we have, like, a dungeon we can maybe look at to... Explain? Give an example? Yeah, sure. So I think the, the they can be a little... There's three of them. Um, there's mm-hmm. the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, uh, Lost Mine of... Here we go. Fandelver and uh, Tomb of Annihilation. So I think the Lost Mine of Fandelver is the one that uh, seems probably easiest. Uh, basically, the f- when you first venture into the dungeon, which could be your creature entering the battlefield or maybe it attacks and it does this or it's a spell that lets you venture into the dungeon, uh, the first thing you do is you scry one. Okay. All right. That's a nice little extra, extra thing. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you get to choose whether you want to uh, create a 1-1 red goblin creature token or create a treasure token in the two other rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. If you created the goblin, then you can put a plus one plus one counter on a creature or each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. If you created the treasure, you can make an opponent lose one life, you gain one life. Or target creature gets minus four, minus zero until, until your next turn. And then the dungeon is complete once you get to the bottom and that just says draw a card. Right. And so the, the three different dungeons, there's only three. 
and they have their variations on that. Some of them are longer, some of them have different options. And there are cards that care about whether or not you've completed a dungeon, which I think is the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess when you play a card that has venture, you can think of it kind of like a Callous Blood Mage, which is yeah. when it enters the battlefield, choose one of these three things. And they're all kind of whatever abilities. You know, none of them are particularly powerful. But the, the catch is that the next Callous Blood Mage you play gives you three or two or three different options or whatever, you know? And so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It definitely, like, branches the, the decision trees uh, quite a lot. Because then you have to decide mm -hmm. how early you want to try to get to a certain um, room in a dungeon on a certain turn. Um, can be really interesting. It's like, do I want to venture right now because I know I want to get to this room in two turns or in one turn uh, instead of doing something else? It'll be pretty, pretty interesting. Also, just deciding which dungeon you're going to use. Like, totally. my, my initial reaction is, all right, I'm going to build a deck where I want to use this one dungeon. That's the main point is I'm going to use this mm -hmm. one. Um, but being in game and being like, actually, you know you what? Know, this, actually, maybe this one's, this one's going to be better yeah. right now. Um, that'll be really interesting. I don't think I'll actually do that, but I like the idea that I could. <laughs> I'll probably just stick yeah. to whatever I was going to do before. It's but. like someone better than me would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will not think about all my options. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, I think they're actually, when I first saw them, I was, as usual, kind of thrown aback. Hesitant. <laughs> and always kind of slowly, like, I don't know about this one. Every time right. you do this stuff, and I don't know. But the more I've thought about it, the more it's been like, oh, this is a fun way of having a, you know, a enter the battlefield effect or like a trigger ability happen over and I over again and be different. It's a way of doing something you couldn't really do by writing it on the card mm -hmm. you know like i was saying about the callous blood mage that comes in with three options but then the next one comes in with two different options like you can't really do that mm -hmm. on a single card but yeah. you can do it this way so that's that's pretty cool i think yeah i think it's really cool um and it's nice that you know what they are they're not just like random it could be like venture venture into the dungeon arena just picks a room for you to have you know yeah. <laughs> um, they haven't done that, so that's that's nice that we get to. You can actually build your deck around specific ones. Uh, they seem cool, actually. Yeah, it's a good way to like add some consistency to the game because it's like scry one and stuff like that. Yeah, but also it's a lot of it's skill testing. The better player is going to win more because of dungeons because he's going to choose the right path. Yeah, more often. It's also nice because for the most part, it doesn't really feel like any of them are extremely powerful. Um, right. It's it's all incremental advantage. Yeah, just like, uh, oh... You, unless you complete the dungeon, then you get something good. But, mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, that's asking a lot of you. You have mm -hmm. to venture. I think for the, the best final ability, you have to venture seven times. Yeah, and that is a lot, especially when... Basically, what to do that, you either have to like flicker things a lot or um, use some really expensive abilities or, or attack a lot with the creature, totally. hoping it stays alive so that you can keep using right. it. None of them are freebies. Yeah. None of them are like reusable freebies, I guess. Yeah. So I like that a lot. There's a lot of really interesting designs. Um, it'll be pretty sweet to see how these, these dungeons work out. I mean, I think 
Is so are, is this like a limited mechanic, or do you feel like it's going to hit constructive? My initial assessment is that this is a limited mechanic mm-hmm. because you just like we were just saying, you don't have the freebie uh, one that that keeps going. But I bet that some cards that venture will make their way into constructed, and it'll just be an incidental bonus. Like I was saying, it's kind of like you're playing a callous blood mage where yeah. you have three options on ETB or whatever. Um, but if you're asking me if like dungeon themed decks will make their way into competitive constructed, then I'm going to lean towards no. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, there might be some incidental things. Some of the spells or some of the, the creatures might be like, yeah, this card's really good. And it happens to also venture, which I can get some uh, good value out of. But for the most part, most of the cards don't seem extremely, extremely powerful. One of the, uh, uh Eliwick Tumblestrum is the, uh, mm-hmm. the green planeswalker bard uh thing and uh <laughs> they their plus one is venturing into the dungeon so i can definitely see people just wanting to play yeah it. maybe that's the the like free uh venturing yeah like free repetitive venturing i was talking about but so if that card's good enough then maybe you'll see the venture deck become a thing absolutely yeah. um but we'll see yeah i'm not particularly uh thinking yep yeah, we're definitely this is going to be the the main thing it, it does seem like it'll be a fun... It'll be like the lesson and learn thing, where some of the decks in Standard might have ones, but they're kind of underpowered. Um, and uh, it's yeah. mainly like an all-star... Possibly is an all-star lesson learn mechanic. Because it has a similar feel where like you play a card and you get to take a card or take value from outside the game um, mm-hmm. to lesson and learn. And we'll see if this one just seems like a kind of less strong might version. Might be better than lesson learn because really? it might not like take over the limited environment quite the same way that's true it also won't take up any of your draft picks so that you yeah that just makes sense yeah that does make it less interesting a little bit to me but um like lesson learned kind of dominated strict save and limited Mm -hmm. that's that's what it was about uh and this i don't think will do that yeah but so um so yeah but you know jeff if we have dungeons what i mean what else do we have yeah we have uh ampersands so we're going to talk about ampersands (laughs) next no said not is that what you're going for? No, no. Definitely not. All right. Well, I guess, I guess we'll skip over that. Let's just talk about dragons. Okay, perfect. And, uh, <laughs> so Yeah, there's a lot of dragons in this set. The first dragon I want to talk about is uh, Dragon Turtle. <laughs> which is... Yes, good call. <laughs> what? I saw that, and I loved it immediately. <laughs> uh, one blue blue for a 3-5 Dragon Turtle flash. <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, tap it, and up to one target creature and opponent controls, they don't untap during their controller's untap step. Uh, this just forgot that that ability is called drag below. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so the ability of Dragon Turtle is drag below when it enters the battlefield, tap a creature, and blah, blah, blah. Um, sorry, that's some of those flavor words that I am already just skipping over. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I do like them. The, 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 I don't want it to sound I like I don't great. like them because I do like them. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, anyway, Dragon Turtle just reminded me of like some weird. Uh, recently, they just like taking uh, creature types and being like, put it together. Put it, just put this it together. must be a thing in D&D or why would they make this? <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it does have to be a thing. But maybe that's a reason why they do this in Magic too. But um, yeah. I'm also a sucker for uh, creatures whose names are identical to their creature type. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't see that often anymore. You so don't. Just getting, getting dragon turtle. Is a, 
Yeah, it's a gem. Yeah, though I will say that there, you know, there's a whole cycle of dragons that are just like colors. Um, yeah. Which obviously must mean something in D and D. But it is kind of fun to see, like, oh, they're almost exactly the same, and they all have an enter the battlefield effect, and you can definitely feel the flavor off of all of them through that. Yeah, very cool. But then there's the cycle of, uh, I guess, like, elder dragons, or like... Uh, they're not... I don't know. The champion dragons. The mythic rare dragons. Yeah, just like legendary, I guess. They, they are specific <coughs> to one thing. So you could have, like, a green dragon. You can have multiple green dragons, but you can only have one old gnawbone. Yes. <laughs> which... That's right. I guess maybe that wasn't the best example, because old gnawbone doesn't even sound like a real name. It just seems like a nickname that people just call their buddy, <laughs> like... That's the thing. Three of them have like specific names, and then there's like Inferno of the Star Mounts and Old Nawbound, which feels like, like they don't have specific names. Yeah, but. but are still legendary, so they must be like very well known. Maybe they're more well known than the other ones. Like the other ones have to be yeah. specifically named because it's like, oh yeah, I remember that story. And these ones are like, oh no, that's Old Nawbone. He's around all the fucking time. Like he's always gnawing on bones. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> but uh, what do you feel about this cycle? I feel like all of them are quite pushed, although I feel like Old Nawbone is not really going to see any play. No, Old Nawbone <laughs> for sure looks like a, a tasty treat for some commander players because just smacking. Oh, right. So Old Nawbone is uh, five green green for a 7-7 seven, seven dragon with flying, and when it uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you create that many treasure tokens. Doesn't smack of competitive play because it's like no. if I'm bashing you for a seven with a 7-7 seven, seven flying, like I don't need ramp mm -mm. at this point in the game. <laughs> Unless you're also using this card with Inferno of the Star Mounds. <laughs> Because then maybe no. you do want all those treasure tokens to just... No, no, I feel like you're using this with Revel and Riches. And, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just got to create 20 treasure tokens or whatever the hell it was, 10. Or it's just 10, yeah. Um, yeah. So, But no, these all seem pretty cool. Um, and it does make, you know, obviously they're the things I was waiting for the most in the set, being like, what are the dragons going to look like? Because it seems totally. pretty sweet. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if like dragon decks became a thing because they also have stuff like dragon's fire, which is one in a red. It's an instant and it deals three. But if you reveal a dragon from your hand or have a dragon in play, it deals uh, damage equal to that dragon's power. That seems sweet. So it's just like, yeah, these are the like if you remember, if you ever played standard during dragons of Tarkir, it was the cards like that that made the dragon's deck deck work mm -hmm. now they also had a card that was counter spell if you controlled it had a dragon in your hand which was not in this set mm -hmm. <laughs> they they realized maybe that was a bit far but uh, <laughs> yeah it's cards like that that bring it together because the problem with dragon stacks is well dragons are expensive yeah so you need stuff like this to to kind of get you there um but I mean, it, yeah, is, it is nice that we do have some dragonborn characters, which are like the dragon warrior, knight, bards. Um, totally. So these are uh, one of the races that you can be in D and D, um, which are like humanoid dragons that, like, I guess it's somebody. It's basically it's like you know in Shrek, half dragon. You know in Shrek, like donkey has like a relationship with that dragon. It's kind of like that, except that they're not half donkey, half that dragon. They're, they're half human, half dragon. Um, but I feel like uh, I've seen Shrek, but I don't remember that. You don't remember that donkey is just like 
that's like a huge plot point at the end that he's like fucking that dragon. <laughs> Zach, come on. <laughs> Sorry. We have children listeners on our beer podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but it does it like it's nice to see that they have like you know some expensive big dragons that you would expect, um, but then some you know cheaper ones that are like you know uh, a three mana three three with vigilance that like ventures anytime it enters the battlefield or attacks, and then when you you know complete a dungeon, you get plus one plus one for all your t- your whole team. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is Nadar, selfless paladin. Seems pretty sweet. It's like, all right, this could yeah. go like you could to- totally try to fit this into a dragon deck as well. So, um, very cool. And like you know, I think, I think after this set comes out, do you know what the strongest dragon is going to be? Which one? Goldspender. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of these will be supporters of Goldspender for sure. <laughs> I mean, you don't like adult gold dragon. I think maybe you play it in your sideboard against aggro. Okay. But so it's, can... it's otherwise it's hard to justify that over Goldspan. It is because it's a five mana f- uh, four three with flying lifelink and haste, but it dies to frostbite, which as soon it's as... Like we... I feel like lifelink and a point of toughness is not worth the make treasures all the time and double the mana coming from them. Yeah, def- <laughs> definitely not. Um, you know what Goldspan Dragon... Really likes an old knob bone, you know? <laughs> Just <laughs> tons of treasures. Just more treasures. <laughs> so many fucking treasures. I do like the, like, thematic thing that, you know, dragons are greedy and hoard their treasures. Yeah. So the dragons have started being treasure-related lately. I think that's pretty cool. But. Absolutely. No, that's 100%. A uh, great way to go. But yeah, now that we've had those things, we do have a couple more mechanics that they're actually introducing besides adventure into the dungeon. Uh, and the first one I want to talk about is classes. Yeah. Not We're not talking about Strixhaven classes here. We're talking about like a <laughs> class that you would pick for your uh, D&D character. Uh, kind of like bard, cleric, monk, you know, ranger, uh, these kinds of things. Um, so these are enchantments that basically they look exactly like a saga, except for they put the artwork on the other side and the text... So the text is on the right and the art is on the left. So you don't get confused with sagas. Is that not how sagas work? Sagas are text on the left, uh, art on the right. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did that just so it's like easy to... Well, it's not working on me. Because you thought it was the same. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so these are like level up enchantments. So like they all have a level one that does a specific thing, which could be like uh, if you would gain life, you gain uh, that much life plus one. And then you can pay, you can level it up by paying mana into it, and it slowly adds abilities to your, your enchantment. So your enchantment's like, good, but not great. You slowly add some more stuff to it. Uh, it can make it better and better. So Yeah, I mean, what do you think? Um, I, overall, I think it's a cool idea, um, but overall, I don't lo- I didn't like the level up creatures that they made um, in the cons block where you can only do it as, like, a sorcery. You have to, like, spend your turn to level up your creature or do a thing. Um, so these seem these seem all right. Well, that wasn't... Level up wasn't, like, your thing of Outlast in Khan's block. When, when was level up? Level up was way before. Okay. It was, Outlast was similar. It was just you'd, oh, like, tap it and add a plus sorry. one plus one counter as a sorcery. I think level up was from original Zendikar. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway... So I, I didn't love them that much just because 
it just feels like you're putting so many resources into one thing that it usually dies. But those are also creatures. So yeah, um, it's a bit different. It's, it's a bit different to destroy an enchantment. Exactly. Um, and you know, some of the first abilities just feel like a good enchantment by themselves. Uh, totally. Like Ranger class, I, I you just like you play it, and when it enters the battlefield, you get a two-two wolf, which is nice. It's just like a totally. a two-minute two-two. You're like, okay. It's I'm, already a grizzly bear. Yeah. If you want to check out our uh, magic lingo podcast. Yeah. So, so that seems pretty nice already. And then if you level, to be it fair, up, I think that might be the best one. But yeah. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure that Ranger, as far as like D&D goes, is the worst class you could have. Um, I've heard like memes about that. So it is kind of funny that Ranger seems to be one of the better ones. Yeah, they had to they had to change the, the opinion on that. Exactly. So I'm just going to read Ranger class real quick. So it's uh, one in a green for a green enchantment class. When it enters the battlefield, you create a 2-2 two, two wolf creature token. Then you can level up to level two, which is one in a green. And whenever you attack, you put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature. And then for three and a green, you can look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. This just feels like it fits into a green aggro deck, you know? It, like, gives you a body. It, like, it really works with any of those um, plus one, plus one counter decks that have uh, been around. What is, a uh, what's that one mana, one, one, the, from Zendikar? Oh, yeah, Swarm, a Swarm Shambler. Yeah. Uh, so that card seems to be like, oh, for sure, we want to be playing with this, this card. You know, turn one, play this, turn two, get the wolf, turn three, put counters on him. Mm -hmm. I like it. It uh, seems nice. It, it is good to note that uh, all of them go to level three, so they all have three different uh, level up modes, uh, and you can only level up as a sorcery. Yeah, I mean, I, these are fine. Um, I got to say they kind of miss on a, on a flavor home run for me. Like, I've played a lot of these games, and I understand classes and leveling up and stuff. It's just like... I don't know, it just does, doesn't hit home that yeah. hard. And I feel like the reason to do this is if you have such a such a slam dunk home run that you're going to uh, knock it out of the, you know, the basketball court. Mm -hmm. But uh, these just don't strike me as that. Yeah. And I'm a bit, I'm really dubious on, like, making a whole enchantment subtype out of it. Like, are you going to use this again? Is this a thing that's going to be really, like, mainstay in magic like when they hit sagas it's like this is awesome and should just be a part of magic forever and they agreed and they kind of made that a thing this one doesn't feel that way to me yeah but i also feel like i mean they are taking up a, a design space as far as if they wanted to do anything else that has artwork on the left hand side and text on the right it does kind of take up that mode but uh i don't have a problem with them saying class at the bottom and being like these are classes whatever um but is there, like, a bunch of other stuff that references you having a, a class at level 2 or a class at level 3? Not really, right? No. But to me, that's the reason to do it. So I don't really understand why this is a thing. Oh, it just seems... This could just be an enchantment. This could just be, like, 12 enchantments, and nobody would... Bat the rat. Well, because, you know, right? class is in the title of all of them. But I don't know. It doesn't bother me sure. that much. It feels like an extra little flavor being like, oh, it's an enchantment class. Um yeah, there's just nothing else that interacts with that, so I'm just a bit, a bit confused. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Um, it is interesting oh, yeah. that, like, the two-color ones weird, I think. are, like, uh, they don't seem to have... It's, like... So, the colors are what's confusing to me, is that, like, there's a mono-red one, two mono-white ones, two mono-green ones, a blue one and a black one, and then Demir, is it 
Boros, Azorius, and Gruul. And it's like, I don't even know. I guess maybe they just like make sense that's, uh, flavor wise. Yeah, I think that's them going top down. Yeah. Picking the 12 classes of D&D and what colors would they be if they were magic? Rather than going the other way, we need two for each color and what can we make it have yeah. happen or whatever. That does make sense, but it is it is interesting. It's all right. Well, I think I'm done talking about these. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a miss for me, but I get what they're going for. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, your favorite mechanic. Yeah. So this <laughs> this last mechanic is about rolling dice. Um, Woohoo! So we haven't seen rolling dice in Black Border before, and we've definitely haven't seen rolling d20s before. Um, but this is what we're doing. Uh, so obviously in in D and D, rolling dice is huge. It's like the thing that tells you what. Wait, happens. really? Well, yes. Yeah. Didn't know that. <laughs> oh god. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, we were bringing it bringing it home. Any anybody who likes flipping coins probably enjoys uh, rolling dice as well. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Am I the only person who has an aversion to rolling dice? I just don't like it. I don't think I've rolled dice enough to have an aversion to it. Yeah. I wasn't a hardcore Yahtzee player or anything. Yeah. I, there's something about rolling dice that's not... I guess that's one of the things that kind of pushes me away from D&D usually is that like rolling dice to determine important things is annoying because it always feels like it just doesn't work and I just get mad. Um, mm-hmm. so there are a lot of cards that they have that, uh, usually when they enter the battlefield or as an effect of the spell or different things, it says, uh, roll a D 20. And, uh, then there are, you know, either two to three different abilities that could happen for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I actually think I do like this mechanic in card form. I think they did a good job, uh, making these, especially for someone who doesn't like rolling dice. It's like, I'm okay with this. Yeah, there's there's a poor execution of this and there's a good execution, yeah. right? And I think the that poor they're... execution is super high variance, and mm-hmm. the card is also a competitive card. Yeah, you know, it's like, and the good execution is none of the cards are tweaked for constructed play, and even if you hit the worst possible roll of one, you like in D and D, if you hit a one, as I understand it, like it's a kind of a fuck you yeah like oh you you did the worst uh that doesn't happen here they single out 20s but they don't single out ones Mm -hmm. so i think that's you know a a great exit if you're gonna do this it's it's a fine execution exactly so um and also it is important to note that like rolling like a critical failure which is your one just a natural Mm -hmm. one um, not every DM works that way. The DM I was playing with did not keep those in the game because it was just more fun oh, not to deal with it. I would give you some and critical I was going to say, Jeff would, would 100% be like, oh, you rolled a one? Sorry, you died or something. That's right. <laughs> don't roll a one on my watch. <laughs> so again, don't play D&D with Jeff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I like, because most of the cards are like things that we've seen before you know a creature that has flying it's a four mana three three flyer it enters the battlefield either you scry one you scry two or you scry three perfect so at the very least you get something you will always get something like that's super great nothing's going to be absolutely horrible like some of them are just like oh you gain one life two life or five life that's sweet you 
you know, create some creature tokens, you tap something down, you all that kind of stuff is just like, sweet. So either I get to tap that down or I tap it and it doesn't untap. Perfect. That's yeah. that's the kind of variance I want with this dice rolling thing. So I think that they did a really, really good job with this, this whole thing. I agree. Though I will say that, um, I mean, how satisfying is it going to be to roll on Arena? Like flipping coins on Arena already feels weird because they just go almost <laughs> immediately. And you didn't even, like... You, Guess we'll find out. <laughs> you see the other coin. Like, did you ever play Mirror March? Where um, uh, no. when a creature comes into play, yeah, yeah. you get to flip coins. It just, like, happens, and the coin's kind of doing its Yeah, thing. but it just, like, slams straight through them. Like, you don't... When you play it in paper, you, like, flip the coins, and then you land, and you... Oh, I get to go again, I get to go again. And that takes forever. But on Arena, it's like, they all flip knowing what the one before it already did. And that's why you... Because you flip until you miss. And so you're just mm-hmm. like... Oh shit! I flipped seven coins in like a second. <laughs> You're like, Fuck. right? Yeah. So it just all happens. Yeah. So I think this will be a similar thing where you play the card and it just rolls immediately. And but there's like, still that weird moment where it's like, what am I gonna get? Uh, that, oh, apparently you got twenty-eight heads in a row. Yeah, You're like, oh damn. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I. You know, I wonder oh, how. Apparently, ex- I missed on the first one. Yeah. That sucks. Or, or whatever. Um, so I wonder how exciting, like, actually hitting a a, a twenty would would feel on arena. I do have an important question about that, though. Yeah. Like, so I have these. They're really cool. They're these dice that I have. Um, they're for counting my life total yeah. in Magic that I've got from going to a few pre-releases. And they are, uh, as far as I can tell, dodecahedrons. They have 20 sides. Mm-hmm. So when it says roll a d20, I'm allowed to use that, right? Uh, well, no. Um, no? No. But I have so many of these from the game Magic the Gathering that is... Asking me to roll these. Yeah, so those are all spin downs, and yeah. a spin down means that all the numbers are touching each other in, in order of, of, of uh, numerical order. So it goes like 20, 19, 18, blah, 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 blah. I'm allowed to use that, though, right? Because if I'm being honest, then it's just as random as anything else. Yeah, except for no one trusts you because you're a magic player. <laughs> so um, they think you're going to be a dirty cheater. So you have no, but I I'm not cheating on that. I'll cheat in other ways. Yeah, no, you you can't you can't uh, do any of that. <laughs> no, no, you need to. Dice. I'll distract them with my spin down while I load the top of my deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, you're supposed to use a real d20, which means that uh, the opposite sides will equal up to 21. So the one and the 20 are on opposite sides, and so on and so forth. Um, and they're all. Uh, you know, randomized. So uh, spin down has. It's half. a good thing there's an even number of sides. Yes, yeah. that would That'd be, be just really work. complicated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> though I've already seen people be like, "Oh, it's super easy to like cheat on rolling dice, and you can sand down certain ones to make it f- whatever." I was like, "Just don't." What? what These are this? the people that we were talking about earlier yeah, that are who, cheating at D and D, and we don't know why. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, if, if you buy any of the this actual D&D product, I'm pretty sure in all of them they give you a real D20, um, not a spin down. So uh, you will have access to it. Also, they're everywhere. You can you can find them at any game shop. But if your opponent gives it enough of a hoof, let's allow the, the spin downs, you know? Yeah. I, the, the problem with the spin down is the roll off the hand right on to the area that you know is all high numbers. Yeah. So basically you, half you the dice is real, high. Half a real well. chuck. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, I don't know. It 
It's been a whole thing. People have been talking about it a lot. I don't think it's a huge problem. I would be like, whatever. This one. I just wouldn't cool. care. <laughs> Another cards matter enough. Yeah, they, they don't. If you win because you scribed three instead of scribed two, like, all right, you really cheated to scribe three. I'll give that one to you. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I guess you could play one of the more expensive ones, like the artifacts, uh, like Wizard Spellbook or the Deck of Many Things. But still, like, okay. I think the biggest problem is people are going to use what they're counting for their life total to roll. And then just set it back to 20, and you're going to forget that they were at, you know, two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, use a pad and paper if you're playing in paper. (laughs) Yeah, another another pro tip from the Arena Regular. (laughs) Oh, God. I just play arena. They keep track of everything for me. I don't have to. I know, right? Well, we're playing paper for the first time. We'll be like, oh, you were at 187? Sorry, I had you at three, but yeah. I must have missed something. I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be so screwed. I'm going to forget everything. Wow. I'm going to miss so many triggers. That's, getting, the, that's the big thing. We're getting nice and derailed on this one. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, those are the mechanics of the <laughs> for Adventure of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, there's a bunch of sweet ability words. You should go check them out. Um, Yes. And, uh, and find your favorite ones and your favorite flavor text uh, so that you can uh, remember it forever. And or even flavor words. Yeah, flavor words. Uh, as well as the basic lands, which also have a nice little uh, story teaser. So nice little tale. If you yeah. want to uh, start a campaign, you might be able to find uh, some inspiration in those. So That'd be kind of cool if the DM was using these like lands as story points oh absolutely if a dm had the like the hook is from the basic land of something and then whenever you like and then they just slide the island or yeah you come on like uh, you come on to like a a cursed idol or something and they play yeah the card these are your three options go um and just like they black out all the the magic stuff it just has the flavors and they cut out everything else that'd be funny okay so people were talking about the overall power level of this set so we do have to address that okay um it's not as strong as throne of eldraine what a shock any anything else no to to, to talk i actually think it's at a really good power level i think it's a great set yeah there's a lot of power here but it actually asks something of you which i think is where throne of eldraine missed the mark it's like we're gonna put a lot of power on things that ask nothing of you, mm-hmm. like Bone Crusher Giant, uh, and you know, then it's like, well, anything that uh, has two or less toughness is unplayable for the next two years. That's cool. Yeah, but these cards, you know, actually, actually are powerful, but ask you to do something to make them powerful. Yep, definitely. Which is, you know, good design. I think that's but, a really good way of putting it. Um, just, just wanting a set to ask something of you um so it and it also feels a little bit better um when you finally like you have to work for it a little bit it does feel good right yeah and exactly you've hit that goal and you're like yes now this kicks your ass yeah so i'm pretty excited to it's like so like emergent ultimatum it was fun what you did or whatever but but i just have a card that wins the game erase everything um so yeah i'm i'm very happy for this set it's really it's cool to finally see like the the almost final piece before we go into rotation um as everyone has been waiting for two years for eldraine to rotate out so uh it's nice to see that we are kind of magic seems like it's going in a good a good direction at the moment so yeah after rotation it's gonna look awesome yeah absolutely and a couple things i wanted to mention we got a lot of 
clerics, rogues, warriors, and uh, wizards. Mm-hmm. So maybe that pushes up the uh, the party deck that we've been hoping will be a thing forever once Aldrain rotates. Maybe the party deck is real. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. Um, it does seem like there's a, a bunch of warlocks again. <laughs> like, dang it. <laughs> and then the other thing I was really hoping for was some elves in this set because mm-hmm. call time kind of set the set the groundwork for elves and i know elves are a big thing in D and uh you know they didn't they didn't blow my mind away with the elves but they gave us a lot and so that's the other deck that might be a thing once uh you know once bone crusher giant and ilk um are out of the format maybe it's it's okay to play elves, elves. maybe you go abzan for dritzed oh. at your top end yeah so maybe you, okay Maybe play uh, Varus, Silvery Moon Ranger. Yeah. Uh, there's some stuff here. There is some so. stuff. Yeah, I also wanted to uh, point out with some of the ability words, um, the funny thing about the ability words is also that, like, some of them are actually just abilities. Um, yeah. So, pack tactics. Yeah, yeah, they're just, like, low-key, like, pack tactics. Yes. It's just low-key a keyword. Yeah, it just is, like... <laughs> It is like a regular ability word. Um, it's just a low keyword. So it's like um, pack tactics is just whenever you attack with creatures that total power equals six or greater, something happens. Um, yeah. And the most notable one to me is the werewolf pack leader. That's great. Uh, whenever it attacks, you know, it does the pack tactics thing, you get to draw a card. But it does kind of look like that. This might be something that's going to happen in Innistrad. Just the way that this card looks, it's like, okay, is this an, totally. this is, this is going to be an Innistrad mechanic. So it's, it's kind of fun to see a little, uh, little, uh, I don't know, seeds. Yeah. It's a werewolf, which kind of hints to that. It's also yeah. just a two mana three, three. Yeah. So, and it goes know. well into mono green, right? Cause you can already do the old, uh, one drop two on turn two, play this on turn three, uh, mutate with the four, four. The one that destroys artifacts and enchantments mm-hmm. when it mutates. So you just one drop, two drop this on turn three, mutate your attack Onto the one seven drop. Yeah. Or, or eight if it had a counter, yeah. if it was a Silkwell servant, and trigger this and draw a card. It's like that's a start that's impossible to beat, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, just, it's just a good card. Um, but also, you're right, totally hints at you know, the werewolf set. That's around the corner. Exactly. <laughs> Midnight Hunt. So yeah. classic magic. <laughs> Getting us ready for the next set in the, in the set that was just Very about cool. to come out. Very cool. Uh, but uh, watch out for mono green, folks. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that could be a thing. They have Ranger class and this werewolf. And... Yeah, damn. Actually, yeah, you're right. Mono green. That's the, the thing to look at, especially because now we have some cool uh, monocolored man lands as well. Yeah, we didn't even talk about those. No, maybe we'll we'll save them for uh, for next week. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about our first sips on the set after we get to play it a little bit, which I'm quite excited for. Um, yes. But Jeff, I think I hear last call. Last call. Yeah. So uh, let's get our last beers for the night. Three, two, one. Oh, okay. interesting. That doesn't, went opposites. Yeah, we chose each other's beer. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> cool. All right, here we go. I'm, bring, I'm back on this tango. 
Now, I don't know if I didn't pick that beer just because I couldn't pronounce it, its name. <laughs> or <laughs> I almost didn't pick it for that reason. So. <laughs> um, so, for everyone at home, if you're a new listener, um, hope you liked the episode. <laughs> Yeah, you're um, all welcome. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we have a uh, very specific scale that we rate beer on um, that's very uh, important. Um, but it's the tiers in Arena. So it's a scale from bronze to mythic. Um, as always, these uh, the beers that we we're talking about and the things we're saying about these tiers has nothing to do with your tier in Arena. It's just a fun way to rate uh, beer. Um, but, uh, first and foremost, bronze beers are just trash beer. They're terrible. You don't want to finish them. You just kind of dump it down the drain. Yeah. Silver, this is your classic macro brew, you know, your, uh, Budweiser or whatever, or a brew that you get that, uh, you don't feel like it has that much going on. Uh, gold is, it's fine, but you don't really want to drink it again. Mm -hmm. Platinum, super solid. You would drink it again. Diamond is, this is exceptional and you're going to recommend it to somebody. Yeah. And Mythic is like you have an indestructible D&D &D character that you've curated over several years. Nothing can beat it except me as a DM. <laughs> That's the kind of beer that we're labeling Mythic. Yeah, so um, I think let's start with the uh, Tango as far as our, our rating system goes. Um, yeah. Just because I picked it and I'm tasting it right now, so that's why I want to talk about it. So... Um, I think overall, <laughs> I, I feel like hit and miss with, with both of these. Um, but I did think I just overall the, uh, the tart wheat actually worked for me. And mm -hmm. I uh, it didn't have, like you were saying before, I'm not a huge fan of wheat beers. Um, but this has a, it doesn't leave the aftertaste. The tart takes over the wheat that I don't really usually like. Uh, okay. So this is, this is uh, it's perfectly fine. So I felt almost the opposite. Didn't taste like a wheat to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I also felt maybe it's a bit bland. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Um, but I, I like the, it's like, it's just hot in my apartment. It's a, <laughs> kind of like, feels colder than the other one. And uh, just feels good and, and fine. I'm going to give it a gold. I'm, I'm not super into it, but. Yeah, I was, um, I was in the gold I, level for Tango as well. But it does feel yeah. good on this, uh, this hot night. To kind I didn't of, hate it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, but I, yeah, I think you're right. It delivered uh, more on the tart than the wheat, mm -hmm. and I think you were looking for that, and I was looking I, I, for delivering more on the wheat. So. Um, perfect. But the uh, do you want to say it? Beer de Mars. <laughs> what I'm going to call it. Yes, the uh, beer de Mars, because I'm pretty sure the first one is not supposed to be mm. in French. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like this one a little better, <laughs> obviously, because I chose it. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think it might be the legend around it had me intrigued. Okay. Why is it called that? Um, I don't. I guess I don't know what a bière de Mars is supposed to actually taste like, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. I tend to like darker beers naturally mm -hmm. anyways, um, and I thought this was a fine sort of representation of, uh, what did you say at the beginning, like a, a brown ale with some Yeah, some it's like hops. a dry hopped amber kind of Belgian thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it has all of that going on, right? Like the Belgian yeast and the yeah. the hops and the, also the characteristics of a dark ale. So mm -hmm. it is a lot, but it's a lot of the things that I like. 
Yeah, I, so I thought I was going to like it more than I did. Um, it is dark, and I do enjoy dark beers as well. And there were some notes I liked at the beginning, but there was, there's something, there's like just some weird, something something felt off, I think. Um, that was just That's like fair. second making me second guess. Like, is this supposed to have that taste? Because it really doesn't feel like it's supposed to. And something just felt weird, and I was like, didn't my confidence in... The brewery kind of like fell flat a little bit. So I was like, oh, I don't know. So that's why I was like, uh, I wish I that want. totally happens. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I want to taste this. Um, I like the style, but I don't think that they did an awesome job with it. Um, yeah. Like, it, I think maybe I overstated. Like, I think this is okay. And I think there's the mystery with the name going on. Well, yeah, that, but, that's uh, it. that is definitely true. The mystery of the name is present. <laughs> I didn't enjoy I, that. I had this but... at like, uh, I had this at for me a higher gold than Tango, mm -hmm. but that's that's what it was. And I think mine was they're fairly close, and mm -hmm. uh, I think Tango was just a bit more refreshing. That's why I picked it. But they're both gold in my book, so yeah, you have both of these um, at gold. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. so did I. So. Yeah, it, well, actually, I'm not gonna say silver for this because there's something going on, but it's something a little funky, and I don't know if i like it something um, that your palate doesn't agree with yeah i i yeah for sure um but anyway those are the things we think about those things <laughs> <laughs> well summarized yeah i'm just trying to try to keep that i like it um but uh now that the beers are fully rated uh, i think it is closing time so if you would like closing to time. oh gosh uh <laughs> I hadn't done it in a while. I so know. I had to get you. <laughs> yeah, you just like jump right in there. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Or on MTG Arena itself, you can find us under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Please give us the fanciest sticker or emote that you have available. That would be fantastic. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg on uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G. But Jeff, where can they find you? Find me at uh, BluesBruiseMTG on Twitter, spelled like it sounds. And we would love it if you would give us a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and all the places that you're listening to this right now. Go to our YouTube page. Uh, like and subscribe and uh, keep uh, whatever click that bell thing so you can see if we ever post a, a video of us and our faces if you want to see our faces this has been the arena regulars reminding you that if I'm your dungeon master check everything and touch nothing good night <laughs> alright that's fine <laughs>